It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Connor Mills and Joey Medor. From the studios of WATH, this is the Sports Fan on 970 and 97.1 FM. Connor Mills on the mic alongside Joey Medor. Andrew Allison joins us today on this 22nd day of September, 6.06 on the clock and 60 degrees and raining outside right here in Southeast Ohio. It's a sports fan presented by JK Contracting, the only show this week. And uh, we don't have any Reds to talk about. I mean, we can talk about you know, their uh, inability to beat the Pirates. Uh, but you know, today's primarily going to be football because we don't have another show for you this week. you got the Reds coming on the airwaves tomorrow at 6.05. Uh, so it's uh, a heavy football day today with us. Uh, we've also got Russ Helpman on the line to talk about Cincinnati Bengals. But first, before we get to Russ, fellas, how are we doing today? Uh, doing well. Andrew, slowly becoming a, a, a permanent fixture on the show, which, uh, you know, I'm, it can only be taken as a positive at this point. Uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't hear my name on the intro, though, so I don't know about that. you got to be here at least a year to get your name on the intro. <laughs> And, uh, if you go yeah, back, buddy, you've, been coming, you for, go you've back. been coming for like two weeks. Don't think this guy <laughs> thinks he's walking in here, here and get his COVID. name in the intro. What do you think, Russ? How long did it take for you to get your name on the intro when you were here? Um, I think it was like a week or two. Something a like week. That. The message out. <laughs> All right. See, all right, all right, all right. Russ is helping my be, case. I mean, I, I, I wasn't just like it just happened. You got to go and got to go and be, be forceful. got to earn your keep. Yeah, this guy just struts in here uh, 30 minutes for the show and thinks uh, he can, you oh, know, Oh, 30 minutes the before the show, here. huh? What time did you show up today, Medor? <laughs> I was out in the field. I don't know if the big man's got a turnaround time of 10 minutes, though, on the uh, <laughs> on the intro request. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm the guy that's got to do it, so uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll are you doing? Are you going to do the intros now, Connor? Uh, not the voiceover, but I, I think I might have something where the voiceover guy has Andrew's name on. Uh, I, I gotta imagine Andrew's name's on something that the he's in the database somewhere. Yeah, stored away. We gotta pull as long as it's this Good database. Old W-A-T-H. I'll be out there soon, fellas. We'll we'll have to we'll have to reunite and go check out the station. I can't wait. I think uh, I think we still have your sports fan intro in here. I think it's SF Russ. Uh, that's where you go. What the whip? I'll I'll come on a fan when I'm back. I'll, I'll get out there hopefully sometime in the in this school year for sure. That'd be good. That'd be good. Hey, homecoming's uh, not too far away. Hopefully, we see you then. Um, I know there's an FC Cincinnati game, and I'm and I'm is there? working on the team with the team. Oh, nice. So unfortunately, we'll not be able to go. But I wish you guys luck. Don't have too much fun. Yeah, it might be a better game. Either way, um, I think we we'll have see. Central Michigan that weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? What, yeah, that's that's true. What will be the worst game? FC Cincinnati playing at home, or they get this, fellas. Real quick aside from the Bengals, FC Cincinnati has scored nine ga- goals at home this season. The w- U.S. Women's National Team yesterday played at TQL Stadium, the home uh, home home field, home pitch of the FC Cincinnati Football Club, and they scored eight goals on Paraguay. So they nearly equaled <laughs> the entire season output at home. From FC Cincinnati in one in one ninety minute span. Well, as a crew that. fan, that makes me very happy. Hey, and then hey. we have the uh, and then we have the Ohio Bobcats. Who I hope you guys don't ask me about it at the end of the show. I, I was I was praying <laughs> for even a cover last week. Didn't even get it. I, I don't I don't think it's worth. They it's made it interesting during the third quarter there for a hot second, but uh, <laughs> but uh, after that, 
got a little rough there. Yeah, we'll see what the Bobcats do against the uh, Northwestern team coming up. Smaller line this week. Yeah. I think it's at 14. I think so. At least that's what it opened as. I'm sure some people are going to jump on the uh, the Wildcats. They're a pretty bad football team, though, but uh, Ohio hasn't exactly been world beaters, to say the least, to this point. So, well, we'll see. Uh, loss for the Bengals this past week, Russ. Bengals lose to the Bears 20-17. to We were talking a little bit off air. It was not a pretty game, uh, but it was a game that Cincinnati had a chance to win. They had four straight turnovers against that Bears defense uh, and, and really couldn't overcome that uh, as you know, put up 14 points in the fourth quarter. But, you know, too little, too late. And uh, Cincinnati suffers their first loss of the season. Uh, your, your couple takeaways from that game, now it's, you know, a couple days past. What's this offense's identity? That's my takeaway from this game. What does this team want to be in Zach Taylor? And I think was, he was asked that question, I believe, by Paul Danger Jr., the athletic, during one of the media sessions this week. And he said, we want to establish the I don't think he said establish the run. I hope he didn't. But he said, basically, we want to feed off the running game with Joe Mixon, suck in the safeties, get them playing downhill, and then be able to take advantage of that mentality from the defense by going over the top. And... They did a lot of setting up Joe Mixon and trying to get him going, but they didn't do a lot of going over the top. And I think it's a product of leaning too much in the quick game. John Sheeran of, uh, of Cincy Jungle charted all the plays this week and had them at 14 empty set plays out of, uh, out of their snaps in the game on offense. Nine of them were unsuccessful plays based off of negative EPA, expected points added output. Five of them or positive EPA plays. So I think it's time to ditch the empty. It's time to pull in some more tight ends. It's time to protect your quarterback with some more heavy protection on both sides of the tackles. And pound the football, like you said, and go over the top with your two weapons on the outside. I've loved what we've seen from Jamar Chase so far. Haven't loved as much as what I've seen from T. Higgins. I want them to be able to have those two outside pieces feed off of each other and honestly, Jamar Chase is showing that he can feed anywhere by himself. He is having the best two-game opening debut in franchise history by a wide receiver. I don't think it's, it's – I mean, it's not even remotely arguable right now. And the fact that people are even trying to bring back up the Penesal jamar Chase debate when both of them are looking like they're going to be good to great players in this league is comical. And that's not the issue here. The issue is utilizing that talent the correct way. And I think if I could recognize that – and the coaching staff can recognize that. And on top of that, it could be a, an issue where it's obvious Joe Burrow cannot escape tackles right now in the backfield. He cannot escape sacks. He's getting sacked at a 41% rate this season compared to, I believe, 25% last year, which was a product of him being able to scramble. We all remember, I believe it was in the Tennessee game when he made that crazy scramble along the sideline, threw it down the line for the first down. Stuff like that just isn't happening, most likely because he's a human being trying to work himself back from that injury. But until he's fully back to that, you have to give him more protection, and that's the key thing for me, guys. Yeah, and I think, Ross, most people on your side of that where it's not about arguing about whether they should have drafted Sewell or not, but if you're going to be angry at the Bengals for what they did at the offensive line, they weren't aggressive in free agency when it came to signing linemen this year, really. There were some guys out there to be had that were veteran guys who could have came in and made a difference, and those weren't really the guys they went after. And if you look around on Twitter right now, people who are kind of saying the same stuff that you are, that's what they're more frustrated at, not the fact they drafted Jamar Chase over Sewell. 
Right, but like that's done now. It's done. I'm I'm so done with the free agency stuff. Like it's it's what are they going to do now? What are you? How are you going to help this offense? And the fact of the matter is, where is Drew Sample even on the team? Is Drew Sample going to be a positive influence on this team right now, guys? They're past. They, Zach Taylor's three second round picks are contributing next to nothing, and then there's Logan Wilson who is having a great season so far. So they've hit one of three on those second-round picks. But when you look at Jackson Carmen, hasn't played yet right now. And Drew Sample has a career-adjusted value on football reference of two in his third season. He's going into his third year right now. So the fact of the matter is you need to get these guys, if they are valued members of the offense, which it doesn't appear they are because they are targeted, I believe, in the bottom four or three in overall tight end targets so far this season, that has to change. Their, their play action rate is down 10%. It's in the bottom, I think I believe it's in the bottom, I don't know if it's in the bottom third, uh, three or four in the league, but it has dropped off significantly. It has dropped, dropped down 10% from what they did last year. And that stuff is just an easy way to create separation, create mismatches in the defense, get them thinking for a half second, and make things easier on Joe Burrow. But then again, it's, it's just, I say all this, and it feels like, they are just biding time, trying to get him more comfortable to be able to access that and not have to lean on the quick game, empty all that stuff. But the bottom line is, guys, if he's healthy, it's time to go do it. And there is no reason to keep doing stuff that is not only getting him hit, but getting the offense, once again, into very inefficient territories. So the fact that they can't pick a side is what's frustrating me offensively. But on the flip side, we haven't even touched on a defense right now that's in the top seven to eight of most very verifiable elite defensive categories in terms of yards per or yards per play, points per play, points per drive, all that stuff. Louisiana Rumors crew has done a great job so far. What they need to do the most, though, is get those turnovers up. Just one per game so far has to change. But obviously the Logan Wilson one hand away from picking up the scoop and score it's a game of inches, guys, and I think the inches for this defense, if they keep playing sound schematic football, will start to break their way, and that could start this weekend against uh, my guy Jake Lisko on the Lockdown Bengals tab to Grandpa Ben. This guy is completely washed, fellas, and if he has anything left, he's going to show it against a team that I believe, I mean, outside of the Browns, he shreds the most of any squad in his entire career. But Ben Roethlisberger looks like a husk of the player he was in 20. And even 2017, 2018, when he threw for 5,000 yards, this guy is gun shy, and he's a player that the deep and, and that the Cincinnati Bengals need to force in the multiple turnovers to complete this defensive turnaround and start to make people think, hey, maybe it's time to lean on the defense, especially during the first half of this season when you're still trying to bring back a quarterback and your franchise player who is coming off of a torn ACL and MCL. Yeah, you're going to need the defense to step up in this game for sure because, as you said, if you watch that Pittsburgh offense, for first of all, that we, we heard it was going to be this revelation and that Najee Harris was going to get 40 carries a game and he was going to be the workhorse back. They're, they're still, you know, they're using him, but they're still trying to attack defenses with that short, quick passing game because they know, one, that it's a young offensive line that, that got Ben hit 10 times on, on Sunday, so they're not really holding up too well. And also, you know, they're, they're still kind of a team where a lot of their, you know, 
running game, quote-unquote, is just coming from quick screen passes that they're trying to get guys into space and make some plays. Do you feel confident that this Bengals secondary, what they've shown with uh, all the new pieces that they add in the offseason, do you think that they're going to be able to match up well with these uh, with this Steelers team? I do. I think they match up very well defensively to offense because this is a ter- it's kind of the same. It's, the, it's two sides of the same coin for these teams facing up against each other. It's a, I think, under, highly underrated defensive line, especially on the interior for the Bengals, but even on the outside, Trey Hendrickson has been, Trey Hendrickson has been a marvel, fellas. Top three or top two in terms of free agent pressures so far this season from guys signed in 2021. He's been way up there in terms of the overall lead pressure rate, been all over the field. Unfortunately, I think my guy Trey Anderson needs to get some gloves on those hands to maybe not let Justin Fields get out of his grasp on the crucial third and nine play in the fourth quarter that basically sealed the game for the Bears. But I digress. Trey Anderson been very good nonetheless. And this entire defensive line is going to or should dominate a young, inexperienced, and just downright bad Pittsburgh Steelers offensive line. Guys, they lost their best, their two best run blockers last year, and people just kind of let that slide. And were, well, there were some rumblings about the Steelers' demise, but at 1-1, one one, this team screams to me with a elite defense and a really shaky quarterback situation, really shaky offense, very stagnant, not a lot of motion, not a lot of creativity, which is what people thought Matt Canada, the offensive coordinator, would bring, is trending towards an 8-9 and nine if they get lucky 9-8 and eight season. And it looks like the same exact team for the Cincinnati Bengals on the other side. So to me, in week three, like so many weeks before, uh, Lucas Moore, shout out him, he, he said it on Sunday when the, when the clock hit triple zeros on the Steelers week, the entire season hinges on this like it does every single year. And I, I think that's true here, where the Bengals, they go into Pittsburgh, and they, just, they put the nail in the co- proverbial coffin of the, the monkey on the back of the Pittsburgh Steelers being able to win against this team twice in a calendar year, and or calendar year stretch. Then that's going to do wonders for the rest of the season and do wonders for this team's confidence. But they have to figure out a way, and I think it comes with more added bodies and protection to get this Steelers defensive line slowed down just a little bit. Maybe they get lucky and T.J. Watt doesn't play on Sunday. We'll have to monitor that along with uh, along with Ben Roethlisberger. I believe there's a pectoral injury that he's right. dealing with as well. So there's a banged-up team on the other side of the Bengals, and the fact of the matter is, is this is a pretty evenly matched game and one that the Bengals should expect to win and should expect to play well in as long as they are able to figure out that defensive line just a little bit because if T.J. Watt and the rest of that crew is wrecking this game, I could see them, who knows what's going to happen in a 17-13, 17-16 type of score, which is what it could end up being with uh, how bad these two offenses can be in terms of the protection of the quarterback and the ability to run block. Yeah, it, it's funny because, uh, you know, the whole talk about the Steelers' offensive line situation, you felt like was well, they got younger, so they got better. But, but everybody knows that's not necessarily how things work. And, um, you know, what's also fun, you bring up how it just seems like these past three years, you know, Ben will have these struggles in the season at times, and everybody wants to blame the Steelers' offensive coordinator. And then you come back the next season, it looks very similar to what they were running the year before, and it's a new offensive coordinator's fault when the common denominator 
is Ben Roethlisberger. At the end of the day, he tells the offensive coordinator what he wants to run and what he's comfortable with at this point in his career. Right, and it just seems like Ben, he, he can't take the hits the same. He can't shake the hits off the same, and that's what made him so special. Guys. How many times have we seen Ben Roethlisberger over the last 15, 16 years be able to look like he got hit by a Mack truck, flip the guy over his back, roll out, and hit Antonio Brown 35 yards down the field on a deep crosser. It was a backbreaker. It was backbreaking. It was brutal. Every single time it happened to a team in the NFL. And that's just not there anymore, especially with the deep ball. He does not have the same touch on it. And this is a this is a contract extension game for Jesse Bates, potentially. He has not been able to access the deep part of the field. He has not been able to uh, break through these schematic, um, schematic game plans against him from these offensive coordinators to take him out of the, uh, the ability to make plays down the field. So the fact that Ben Roethlisberger has shown a penchant already to float some ball, balls downfield, give Chase Claypool a jump ball opportunity, could mean wonders for the secondary in terms of helping out the uh, helping out the turnover issue, which is the only issue they seem to have right now. And another monitoring there in terms of the secondary, bringing that up, is what will happen with Trey Waynes this week. Is he going to be back? Bengals fans hoping he gets back. Questionable tag right now. So we'll see. He, I know he has been working out, and it's, uh, it's, it's a wonder because they did not put him on the IR, and that means they expected him to be back before three weeks. Russ, we're two weeks into the season. What's the biggest overreaction you've heard about the Bengals so far, as well as the biggest underreaction, something you feel like they're, the national media or even the Cincinnati media is not talking about? I would say the the biggest underreaction, I think, is the fact that Joe Mixon and this this running back unit cannot pass block right now. And that, to me, is a little bit more of an issue overall, especially popping up in that Bears game, than the, the offensive line in front of them. I think the offensive line will continue to gel and continue to get better. And these one-on-one blocking situations, when you have Samaj P. right now on an island, when you have Joe Mixon out on an island, $12 million man Joe Mixon, three down back Joe Mixon, he needs to show it. He has not shown it so far. Two of the three worst pass blockers on this team right now, Blue Court and PFF, are P. Ryan and Mixon. That has to change. When Joe Burrow was getting into a rhythm last year and honestly playing at his best was with Giovanni Bernard in the backfield. And the fact that Giovanni Bernard was a safeguard back there, was able to pick up the free rusher at times, was able to pick up that guy off the edge who was coming from the cornerback blitzing position, was a huge, huge benefit to Joe Burrow, and I think it just calmed him down. Right now it doesn't look like just any player of that duo, and maybe Chris Evans can do it, but anybody in that backfield can protect and be the last line of defense, especially from guys coming off the edge and just coming through the middle on these different stunts and these simulated pressures, it's it's been a big problem. That's the biggest underrated thing to me. And biggest overrated, I would say, it's, it's tough. I would go. I don't know. I don't. I feel like there hasn't been many overratings so far. Joe Burrow's been, eh, man, has been kind of how people, most people expected, coming off the injury, still working his way back. Jamar Chase. I think it was overrated. The drops, obviously, that was an overrating. Can we can we put that to bed now? That's that was the stupidest classic preseason storyline 
I've ever heard in my life. Kind of like last week when I was bringing up the fact that Mike Zimmer was so mad at his team all preseason. Another dumb preseason storyline that people love to latch on to. So I think that was probably the biggest overrating of the entire offseason was the fact that people were actually thinking Jamar Chase could have problems catching the ball in the NFL when the lights came off. Russ, what's your prediction coming up for this this uh, this Sunday? Bengals-Steelers, both one-on-one. This one being in Pittsburgh. What's uh, What say you? Tough, fellas. We got Pittsburgh minus three right now on the board. Bengals are a plus one. 60 underdog over under a 43 and a half. So not a lot of points expected to be scored in this one. That might be worth a little bit. Laying a little bit of something there. I've been, I've been going back and forth, but I, I think, I think they get it. I think they get it done. I really do. I think they get it done this week. I just don't know how this Steelers offense against a good defense in the Cincinnati Bengals, the top 10 defense. I think they are, they are going to be that type of unit this year, especially if Trey Wayne's plays, which I think he's trending towards doing. They will be able to keep the Pittsburgh Steelers under 17 points. And to me, the Bengals, it was a play-calling issue against the Bears, a good Bears defense at that, but a play-calling issue, and one that Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow talked about in the postgamer, uh, saying that they just needed to go downfield earlier, they needed to just take their shots, and I think they pick a side in this game. This is a game where you pick a side, especially with a banged-up defensive line in Pittsburgh. Give me the Bengals here, 21-17. I think they get three touchdowns, maybe one as they, uh, as a pick six, some kind of big play from the defense. They put their statement on this game, and the Bengals get it done on the road with Joe Burrow re- repenting for his sins last week on the three consecutive interceptions and two touchdowns following that, which Jeff Hobson tweeted uh, from Elias saying that Cordell Stewart in 2001 was the last quarterback to throw three straight interceptions and then have back-to-back touchdowns on five consecutive throws. So crazy stuff last week out of Burrow. He settles down, takes care of the football, and gets hit. He's going to take hits. I think he takes eight or nine hits, takes three or four sacks, but he creates two or three huge plays with Jamar Chase because I don't know anybody on this defense that's going to be able to guard Jamar Chase. The dude was just destroying. He just destroyed everybody in front of him so far this season. He's been a great, great addition to this offense, shown a great ability to separate, barely was missed on a deep ball in the, in the Chicago game by Joe Burrow, and that's a play that I think they're going to be able to hit a couple times. 21-17 Bengals, they go to 2-1. and one. Steelers go to 1-2. and two. You're telling me to lay the money line, Russ. Is that what you're saying? Plus 160. It's looking tasty. A, uh, it's looking tasty. West Virginia is legal, isn't it? Right? Yeah. Yep. There you go. Well, I totally, I, I totally bet through through. I totally bet through legal means it. at the moment, Russ. I mean, uh, as we all right. do. Right. Yeah. Every we're all we're we are all on the up and up here. Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, right I, I, on the border of Indiana over here in Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, but it's definitely going to be an interesting matchup. Um, as you mentioned, this Steelers offense, they. They pulled one out of out of their you know what up in Buffalo to start the season, and you know they just looked you know, like a, like a unit completely out of sync and with, without hope. And that offensive line is brutal, and you know I don't, I don't think they've had Najee Harris pop off for how they've hoped to in the first couple weeks. They got him involved in the passing game last week, but that that's pretty much all he came from. And as you, I mean, I just I don't see Roethlisberger being a downfield threat this year, and I don't. 
you know, it's it's kind of uh, they're going to make us have to believe it to to or they're going to make to see it to believe it type of situation because right now they they look completely out of whack and unlike you know the Steelers offenses that we've become accustomed to throughout the 2010s when the, you know they would they would be able to light up the scoreboard when they had you know Brown and Bell and all those guys at their peak but that's not that's not this Steelers team right and the fact that they did beat the the Bills in that game in week one they needed a, a defensive touchdown to do it. And Josh Allen so far this year, guys, has reverted a little bit back to 2019, 2018 Josh Allen in terms of the downfield passing. Mm-hmm. I think it's been about a 15, 20% drop uh, from his completion percentage on 20-plus yard throws downfield in 2020 through the first two weeks of the season. Now, obviously, a small sample size. Josh Allen could pick that back up. But I bring it up in this conversation because in week one, he was horrible on downfield throws. You could not hit water if you fell out of a boat downfield. Now, that's a very difficult thing to do. But so far this season, Joe Burrow, I believe, has thrown two downfield passes, to, or four downfield passes to Jamar Chase, and he's hit two touchdowns on him. So the fact that Joe Burrow, in my eyes, is a more accurate quarterback, has the ability to make defenses pay, especially when Jamar Chase is getting as open as he is, he's going to hit those deep shots at a little bit higher rate. And they should, if they get into the 20s, the way this Bengals defense is playing, with how stagnant that Steelers offense is, I, I, I think there's a, it's the, it's a first team. To, if, whoever gets the 21st in this game, guys, is going to win the football game. Now, it's not like breaking news or, or crunching the hardest numbers there, but in a defensive stout standoff like this one, I think it's basically uh, set in stone that that's how it's going to roll. I mean, that's where the last two games for the Steelers have gone, right? I mean, the loss to the Raiders... 26-17, the win against the Bills. They got 23 points. They were able to get 20 points. You're uh, you're looking pretty good uh, for the Steelers. Uh, but, Russ, always appreciate the time. <laughs> what? That, that, that's Again, I, I'm, I'm backing them up. If you get to 21 points, the Steelers got to 21 points against the Bills. They won. They didn't get to 20 points against the Raiders. They lost. I'm backing Russ up here. Come on, man. Right? right, and the fact that Derek Carr, he hit, he hit that 61-yard bomb to Henry Ruggs. Yeah. That's the difference, basically, right there. That's how they get to 26 points. He, uh, and Josh Allen was not able to hit those bombs in week one. He hit the shot to uh, Waller to put him away as well on the, with, right. like, with like three minutes exactly. left. In the I mean, Derek right Carr, guys, how about I me? Mean, wheeling and dealing Derek Carr. I love it. I love <laughs> when the Raiders are good. It's fun. I hope they stay good, but I'm, I'm skeptical. We'll see how. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the they'll year. they'll probably be at six and two, and then we'll see where it goes from there. But uh, That's you know, they were six and three last year. Yeah, right. Went, what they lost five seven and nine. Yeah, five yeah. to seven. Gotta love John Gruden. John Gruden, coach of the if if the Raiders do well this year, coach of the year. It's my oh, pick. Yeah, he'll definitely win it. That's my what. Pick. Um, before I go, guys, what is your prediction? I want to hear hear the picks from you. Are you guys saving for Friday? <laughs> Well, we don't have a show the rest of the week, so we got to get out of the way now, I guess. <laughs> the yeah. red, Reds are really eating into our uh, our time here. Got to uh, love that. Those, those plucky Reds, right, guys? Yeah. Fighting for the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's not much of a fight at the moment. I think we're close to white flag territory. but I know. I wish people could see my face. You know, what scares me is going into Pittsburgh. I mean, you know, Zach Taylor's road record speaks for itself. Bad. 
And, uh, you know, obviously going to the Heinz Field, it's a tough place to go and win. So based off of that, I really, I, just like you, Russ, I'm very skeptical about this Steelers offense, and they are banged up on defense. But I don't know if I can talk myself into picking the Bengals. I think one thing I, most people, and I would be shocked if the public does not agree with me here, is this is an under. This is looking like a hard under. Oh, 43? 43 yeah, if it stays points, there, for sure. I oh, yeah. struggle to, to get how either of these offense, offenses get close to get close to over 20 points. Yeah, I mean, I had under 40 in the, in the football team and Giants last Thursday, and, you know, they, they, they darn near got yeah, to 60. So. 60 yeah, right. So. <laughs> I mean, I think... Connor, what do you got? What do you got for me? What's your prediction? Listen, I, I got to go. Bengals won away last year against the Steelers, right? So it's one of those few games that Zach Taylor has won on the road. Um, no, 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 no. They, they won the. Oh, they won they, the that was in Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was on the road. Oh, they got yeah. waxed in Pittsburgh last Amateur year. Amateur. Yeah. Joe Burrow's third worst game of his career behind the Ravens and the stuff that I saw live last week in Chicago. And see, me. Yeah, I, I had that backwards. Then now I'm a little bit more skeptical. They went you know? down to Houston. And won. <laughs> that, that, the, the one, the one road victory was was against the Texans last year when Brandon Allen threw for like 400 yards. Yeah, yeah. That's, that was right. That was right. Uh, yet now I'm, uh, I'm not as confident. You know, I was going to say Cincinnati again. I, at the beginning of the year, I was not high on the Steelers. Right? I still think that the Steelers, um, I'm still not high on them. So I, I'm going to, you know what, I'll, I'll pick the Bengals and uh, give me 17-10. Wow. Low-scoring wow. game. Awful offense. Get your popcorn ready, fellas. That's some good. There's going to be some old 60-year-old dudes. They're going to be loving every second of that game. You bet your, you bet it yourself, Russ. You know what? As I leave here, though, got to shout out the Steelers on one thing. They have the best, uh, the best pillars ever that hold up their stadium. It's just their Super Bowl trophies. Yeah. Which is a giant, a giant fu to everyone. It's just lovely. It's true. You gotta love that. It's true. As you're an opposing fan walking around the stadium. Yeah, they got a lot Beautiful. of cool. They got a lot of cool little landmarks around that stadium. Uh, I went up there. Yeah, it is. I, it is a great spot to go see a game. For I think sure. Heinz Field would recommend it to everybody. Yeah. So if you get out, get out the one one for sure. Not a far drive from Athens at all. It's like two hours, isn't it? Something like that. I think three. Yeah, just about three. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad. All right, fellas. It was fun. I'll be back on next week, and I appreciate it. Thanks again, Russ Heltman, uh, of course, producer host over at WMKV 89.3, all's Bengals contributor and, uh, you know, former host right here on the Sports Fan. Always appreciate the time, Russ, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. There you go, fellas. Have a great week. Thanks, Russ. And, Andrew, you're still here. Andrew, what, what's your prediction? No, I just want to, can I, can I bring to light something yeah. real quick? What, what was Connor's prediction for the Steelers, pre, or excuse me, the Bengals preseason win total? I think I had eight and nine. I got the paper in we the other office. We can check it at the break. Yeah. Uh, the paper's in the office. Okay. Maybe he did have eight and nine. I thought it was lower. <laughs> it's just the fact that he's, if it was his way, if they'd be three and zero oh after his predictions, and he somehow has them. Uh, Speaking not- of predictions, I'm going with the Steelers just because of everything everyone said with the offenses, both offenses being awful. I think they are even teams, and I'm going to give the Steelers the home field advantage. The thing is, it comes down to the quarterback. And if Burrow came out and lit the world on fire the first couple weeks, I'd say 
Bengals have the better quarterback right now. I'm going with the Bengals. But, you know, three picks and three drives, you know, that, that's something that you can't avoid. I mean, that, that he's coming off, I mean, as Russ said, that's one of his worst performances since being in the league. Um, obviously, he was under duress a lot of the game, and, you know, probably some frustration came with that, only having three points going in the fourth quarter. But, you know, you, you can't ignore that fact. And right now, I don't think there's a definitive advantage for either team at the quarterback position. Um, and maybe Joe can go in there and, and kind of rewrite that one. I will say I do like the fact that you have a core group of players on Cincinnati who do have a win over Pittsburgh because a lot of that, a lot of former Cincinnati players couldn't really couldn't really get that. Um, you know, they beat him with their backup quarterback last year and played a really good defense in that game. And this is, uh, besides Harris and the new O-line, similar weapons for the Steelers on the outside. You still have Smith-Schuster and, and Claypool and, Deont- and uh, Deontay Johnson, Mac guy, by the way, from up in Toledo. Um, so I do like how they match up defensively. I just think in Heinz Field, Pittsburgh makes one or two more plays that sways the game in their favor. And, again, I can't stress this enough. Third season, Zach Taylor still has one road win. You saw their first road game this year. It was awful. I don't think that's a trend that's going to be, that's going to be changing. Uh, probably not. And, Andrew, you're, uh, we, we didn't get your prediction yet, but what, what are you predicting here? Steelers, Bengals coming up on Sunday. Your winner is? I'm going to go with the Steelers 17-14. to 14. Hmm. What did you say your score was, Joey? I didn't say a score. Oh. Um, I had to pick one. 2017. All right, so Make you sweat on the over. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I, I, I'm not, I don't think I'll touch this game. I don't like bad division games. They're just too funky. That's so all, true. That's fair. We're all kind of close here. NFL, right. NFL lines are the toughest, like statistically the hardest thing to get right as a better. So. You see the one better? He had like a 16-team parlay. Should have cashed out. Yeah. I mean, all he had to do was have the Lions beat. But come on, man. Everybody knew the Lions weren't going to beat Green Bay. Now, if he that was the final bet of the parlay? Yes. Yeah. Lions money line. That guy didn't deserve the money. <laughs> That's why I say you should have cashed out. Yeah, that guy If you bet 16 money. NFL games, you got 15 of 16 right, and your last one is the, bet, or the, the, the Lions have to win in Green Bay. Right. I mean, what, what was that guy doing? Cash out, dude. Ridiculous. Yeah. I don't think the risk of uh, you lost it all now. I mean, you cash right. out at that point. So what if the Detroit wins? I mean, I guess it adds a little bit more onto the purse, but you're I mean, in the green regardless. Take the money and run. Yeah. Right? I mean, he, he I mean, hell, he had Ravens money line. I, probably not a lot of people had that. I mean, it was it was quite a bet he put together. He didn't just, like, hammer all the favorites into a 16-team parlay. There were some pluses on that on that checklist for sure. But, yeah, you got to cash that one out, my man. Yeah. I mean, if you hit 15 of 15, or 14 of 14 Sunday NFL football games, you got to be feeling your luck's got to run out at some point. Especially when you choose the Lions to cap it off. Yeah, he was uh, He was probably on the proponent of Aaron Rodgers doesn't care, and, you know. It's probably a guy from Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. That's the only people that took the Lions. Speaking of ridiculous national media stories, how about that after week one, the Packers, everybody's being like, oh, this guy doesn't care. I heard them bashing him on CBS Sport or the NFL Today for the 1 o'clock games. Just like, man. Well, what else are you going to do? He, he had get, a bad get, week one. Get, it's like, get over it, man. Right. I mean, Packers underperformed. They, um, who's the week one matchup again? Saints. Uh, Saints. All right. 
Uh, you saw what the Saints did this weekend. Yeah. So, you know. They had a bad game. Jameis bad returned happened. to Tampa Jameis. He had to a couple bad interceptions for sure. I guess he can't see anymore. LASIK eye surgery only worked week one. Yeah, we'll see. It's a long Maybe. season. Maybe. Yeah. We'll see. Either way, we got to take a break right here on the Sports Fan on the other side. High school sports. We've got a big game coming up on Friday. We're at the Trimble Tomcats and the Fort Fry Cadets. We've also got Athens and Logan, a rivalry, which will be a, yeah, it should be a big game, right? I mean, that is you know, one of the longest rivalries in the state of Ohio, dating back to 1905, 03. I can't remember what it is, but it's a longstanding. Uh, it is the, the, uh, it, the meetings are in the 90s. It's the, uh, the second, for Athens, it's the opponent they've played the second most times, uh, Gallia Academy is the most. I think this year was 98th meeting between Athens and Gallia Academy. Uh, Logan's not far behind. They're only like four or five behind that. So, yeah, they've been playing for a long time. Obviously old, you know, SEOAL rivals and all, and all that. And obviously Logan independent now and Athens in the TVC Ohio, but they still get together for a non-conference matchup every year. And uh, with them being a bigger school, you know, maybe Bull, the Bulldogs can go up there and pull off a victory. Maybe it can you know, help the playoff case a little bit, but uh, it's going to be a tough task because this Logan team, they just played a really tough game against a good Chillicothe team last weekend. You'd think by the way he's talking, he was the voice of the Athens Bulldogs. I do my homework, yes. They know some <laughs> stuff. Yep. First meeting was 1907. Logan leads the series 52-38, and there has been, has been five ties. We'll step aside. We'll be right back. This is the Sportsman presented by JK Contracting at 970 97.1 FM WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Kevin Dunnigan and Troy Bowen all season long for the Hewite Honda Football Friday Night Postgame Show. Immediately after the Athens County Game of the Week, join the guys for analysis, information, entertainment, and giveaways throughout the show. Have a question about a game in the area? Driving back from a football game? Call in at 740-592-1055 or toll free at 1-888-592-1055. It's the Hewite Honda Football Friday Night Postgame Show. Friday nights on 105.5 FM, Power 105. It's when we dig deep. Loses it to Bjorkstrand, leads it now for Texier, steps around his man, left wing circle. To do the right thing at the right moment. All the way around behind the net, wrap around and score! Nice shoot, Tex! It's our blue, and out of our blue, we rise. Choose the games you want and flexible payment options with the Blue Jackets ticket plan for the 2021-2022 season. Text TICKET to 26791 for more information. Stay informed about the stock market from Goldsberry Wealth Strategies. Weekdays at 5.30 on 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. The report follows the news. Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Goldsberry Wealth Strategies is not a broker, dealer, and is independent of RJFS. Now, for more of the sports fan on 970 WATH. Sportsman 970 97.1 FM WATH Mills Mike alongside Joy Medora and Andrew Allison. You guys ever watch wrestling? Uh, which type of wrestling? Oh, yeah, well, you got to be more w- specific. WWE. WWE. Uh, you remember when the song was the uh, Monday Night Raw theme song? 
Has it? I didn't watch that closely. It was. It was like in uh, 2010, maybe a couple years before that. Well, what's going on with wrestling now? What is it? I, AEW no, I, I, or something? I don't, want, I don't watch anymore. I just know that's the song. <laughs> they had a couple of good, you know, runouts. I mean, obviously the John Cena runout song came out was popular, right? You just uh, said that because you were him for Halloween a few years ago. I was, but I act, I thought it was a nice, that's, you know, entrance song. I think the that's best an image I did not want <laughs> need ever would have thought would happen. What? I mean, either way, um, they had the, oh, the Undertaker. The Undertaker, I think, was the best ever entrance that I've watched. It's definitely the longest. It, but it's just kind of cool. You know, Dead Man kind of coming alive. We're yeah. getting close to Halloween. But, you know, the, <laughs> right. the music. The, I uh, just I just knew that the last bumper was the Monday Night Raw <laughs> theme song. I didn't realize you were going to get is, into this it. This is all your fault. <laughs> look at what you did. Actually, into a... Look up a couple of those entrances, though, because I, I, I do think The Undertaker has a good one. Um Again, they, they do a lot of good ones. But, uh, no, besides a couple of entrances and, and watching maybe a, a couple of episodes or so, I haven't really watched it. I'm more of, you know, folk-style wrestling, right? Olympic-level wrestling. Folk style. That's, well, that, that's what's called at the high school level. It's folk-style wrestling. Actually, I've just, I've just heard it called wrestling. Do they have, like, a folk band there? Well, no, no, they... So you have a couple differences, right? You have uh, oh, this is, this is... Greco-Roman wrestling. You've got freestyle wrestling. And you have folk-style at the high school level, and at the collegiate level, it's folk style. Then you have freestyle wrestling, which is at the Olympic level and national level. And then you have uh, uh, Greco-Roman, which is also This guy Olympic thinks he's, level. like, schooling us right now. Well, no, I'm just explaining. The Andrew asked me a question. And, All I uh, asked is they have had folk bands there. They had a little bluegrass going on with it. And then <laughs> There's no folk bands. You okay. gave Connor an inch to maybe connect something to <laughs> wrestling, and he just takes it. Let's see, any wrestling connection, any excuse. Speaking of wrestling, Tabor Lackey, he's a wrestler, but he's also the quarterback for the Trimble Tomcats. <laughs> and boy, do they have a tough matchup this weekend. Uh, the four Fry Cadets, of course, we all know about their regular season winning streak. I think it's up to, what, 38 games, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, 38. Yeah, so obviously, you know, just a dominant force in Division Six in, in the Southeast Ohio area. And uh, it's going to be a uh, gonna be an interesting test. Of course, they have to come to... Uh, Glasser Memorial Stadium, which is a tough environment to play in, and everybody in Trimble is going to be amped for that game. But, uh, you know, I think uh, the Tomcats have potential to lose back-to-back games the first time since 2011, if I'm not mistaken on that either. So, you know, a lot riding on this game, and, you know, Trimble is just, you know, we knew they beefed up the schedule this year, just not used to seeing this program come into a game where I think you got to say they're probably underdogs in this one, right? And it's it's not too often that somebody goes like you said not somebody goes to Gloucester and uh, is the favorite right I mean you always have that home home school advantage right hometown advantage and uh, again Fort Fry is a very very good football team I think they're ranked second in the uh, AP poll right now in in Division Six uh, so it's a bigger school than Trimble it is a school that you know just like Trimble has had a lot of success lately uh, but. You know, Trimble's regular season winning streak was snapped last week against John Marshall. Uh, snapped at 24 games. You know, you got Fort Fry, who hasn't lost a game, you know, in 38 tries in the regular season. Um, Fort Fry's a very good football team. They are, you know, fundamentally sound. And, again, it is going to be a very, very tough matchup for Trimble 
home, and it's not too often that you say that about any Tomcat team. Speaking of the AP poll, did you see D7 Region 27, how many teams they had ranked in the AP poll in Division 7? I think they had New York Catholic second. Right. The uh, Burn Union. Burn Union was ninth, Shadyside eighth, and Trimble 11th. Right. I mean, those are all the schools that are above Trimble right now in the computer point rankings. So why do we have... So we have Joey Itell's computer... It's not technically Joey Itell's computer rankings, but it's Joey Itell's computer rankings. Sure. Right. That determined the playoffs. Why are we still doing an AP pool? Like, why did they people do? an idea how they stack up. Right. I Maybe mean, the computer point... I think it's because so, all, sometimes the computer points don't tell the whole story. It's all, you know... Right. Okay. All right. All right. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. You know, South Gallia... I mean, has- Trimble opened up the year at three. They're down to 11. Right. I mean, and they're still fourth, you know, in their... And that's what you also take a look, right? I mean, you have to go throughout Division Seven and see this, right? Because one team, you know, Newark Catholics, the number one team here in Region Twenty Seven, right, via the computer points. But you know, computer points don't also take a look right. at the other across other the state. Regions. They're second, yeah. according to the AP poll. Yeah. So it kind of just condenses everything down into one Division Seven poll, and that's where they have Newark Catholic as number two, even though the number one in Region Twenty Seven. Who's Trimble matched up to play right now in the playoffs? Uh, Trimble was 16-team, right? Yep. So, so four would play the 12. Four against the 12, they would No, four by 13, excuse me. 13. Uh, Connaughton Valley out of Bowerstown. If they would go against the 12, it would sure. be Miller. Huh, well, we already saw <laughs> Trimble played them with half a team right. and uh, put up 60 on them. So I, don't, Miller, I don't think Miller that you want to ranked 12. It, in the computer point rank. Well, you got to understand, Andrew, once you get to at the bottom of, of uh, Division 7, um, <laughs> Division 7 regions, you know, it's not the best football. But what's, uh, what's Miller's record right now? You got to pull it up. Miller is 2-1, and one, right? Miller has a winning record? Miller, they had a couple of games canceled, right? I mean, they were supposed to play Federal Hawking, which I think they probably would beat Federal Hawking. It, yeah, I, um, I did safe bet. Worthington Christian probably beats Miller, right? So another safe bet there. That's uh, at least would have put them at two and two, or now three and two, right? Because they're two canceled games. But they beat uh, Bealsville, lost to Triple sixty-eight nothing, and then they beat Millersport forty-six twenty, right? So well, everyone beats Millersport, right? This Millersport's like your first question. year. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And here's the other thing, right? And going back to your your question, Andrew, right? Would you rank Reedsville Eastern, right, the Eagern, uh, Eastern Eagles, over Miller? Well, I don't know. I've never seen any of them As play. a football program? Well, right. All right Eastern all right. So was in the playoffs last year, so right. yeah, probably. So I'll, I'll ask Joey that question since, since Andrew hasn't seen but, him. So that's, again, the computer point rankings don't show you what the AP poll will show you. Yeah. But you two have seen them play. You know about them. Sure. Right. But it answers but your AP poll question. How many people in Cleveland know anything about it? I mean, that's their job, isn't it? Like, you would think they would yeah, be doing many, their best. If you see an Eastern team, right, and Eastern has one win against Green, but lost to Sims Valley, Fairfield Christian, and Caldwell, all close losses, and then you take a look at the schedule that Miller has played, and you easily identified the teams that were, quote-unquote, weak or not perennial powerhouses that Miller defeated. Uh, you know, you, you take a look at those two things, and you look at common opponents, not that that's the easiest way. I mean, yeah, that is a way to look at it. How many people are doing that for the rankings? How many, how many writers are sitting there? If it's your job, going, I would assume. I hope. <laughs> their job is probably actually to cover local area high schools. 
Well, I mean, Southeast Ohio is very well represented in these AP polls. It's not like they're just, you know. Well, I, okay, that's fair because there's, there's, not the be anyone, there's not going to be anyone in Cleveland area talking about Division 7. Because there's no Division 7s up there. If it's your job to rank every team in the well, state, I, I know, then but you, I'm saying, yes, you to will. That point, to that point, <laughs> if you are voting in Division 7, I, I feel like I, I would hope that they don't have Division Everyone voting, okay, so this guy, I got to sit there and vote for Division 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. I would say there's probably, you have a vote for Division 7 polls. I would hope. Because then otherwise, there ain't no way that someone's looking through seven divisions, comparing strength of schedules, comparing losses. So you're 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 just taking it. You're just trying to burn the whole the whole system down right now. It like you're. I am I am very anti AP polls and he's maga Sheridan got left off. No, actually, I'm I'm not. I've seen Sheridan play twice. And it's, it ain't pretty. Yeah. Only but Division Three team from down here. Granville got it fourth. Well, how about uh, take a look at at Nelsonville York, right? Real quick, because we won't have Nelsonville York on the air tomorrow, obviously because of uh, Tomcats and Fort Fry. I think that is a bigger game. Uh, we'll have Nelsonville York on the air. You know, we had him a lot earlier on. But I said we met the Nelsonville York quota in the first <laughs> four weeks of the season. And we will have them on. I I think that it's got to be a guarantee in week nine, right? Nelsonville York, Vinton County. I mean, that is probably going to be for the TVC Ohio. Um, Could be, for sure. But if you take a look at next week or a couple days from now, uh, Nelsonville York and Megs should be a good game. I think that's a game that... If Nelsonville York wants to continue to contend for the TVC Ohio, that's a game that they have to win. Yeah, it's um, going to be a shootout type of game, I have a feeling. Right. And it's like you said about Joe Burrow and Ben Roethlisberger earlier. You know, if you take a look at the quarterbacks, right, Colter Cleland is the best quarterback in the TVC Ohio, and yep. I don't think that there's. When you have the best player close. in the conference, you always have a chance. Right. Right. Again, so you got to take a look at it. And right now, has Megs. Megs didn't have the game against Vinton County, um, they did not have their game against Athens. They well, they don't play at they play Athens later in the right, season. Right, right. Uh, but again, I mean, they they beat River Valley, they beat Belmont. Not as convincing as you would have thought, though. Right. So we'll see. Um, but it, it is a big game. It's an interesting game for... And you mentioned Belpre. I mean, they gave up 600 points a game, so... <laughs> I still can't believe that game. <laughs> Belpre gave up 81 points. Well, look at the other scores, know. dude. Right. Like, they give up... I know. I, I'm, I'm 47, 81, 55. They won a game against Federal Hawking, 45, nothing. Yep. And then uh, I lost 70 something last week. Yeah, 73, 36 to Southern. I mean, Belpre's defense, you know, leaves, leaves something to be desired. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How would you like to be Federal Hawking though? You go out there and you see, all right, they're giving up 60, 50, 70, and yeah. I mean, Federal you Hawking, you know, they're trying to they're trying months. to build it back up over there. We got a new yeah. coach in. I mean, I, they talked about playing eight man this year, so just I think they're just happy to be, you know, staying into you know playing eleven man football. They're trying to figure things out. They got to have a soft spot for Federal Hawking football, right? I mean, they're trying to build their program. They're trying to get back up there again. So uh, we won't we won't harp on Federal Hawking thus far. Um, yeah, it, it, it takes time to build a program, and you know Federal Hawking uh, is willing to do it. Right? They went all the way up. Uh, they talked about 8-on-8. Eight eight. They decided to stay on 11-on-11, 11 11 and uh, it's going to take some time to get that program back to where they want it to be. Um, but again, a couple of big games. I think uh, three big games, right? Athens, um, Trimble, and then it's that's your real uh, you know, test 
for Nelsonville York in the TVC Ohio against Miller, uh, against uh, uh, Meggs. We'll see what happens. But that Athens game and, and Logan, uh, I know Athens got blown out against Vinton County earlier, Joey. What do you think? What, what, what's your kind of prediction for Athens coming up on Friday? I mean, Athens can score. They've proven that. Uh, you just got to be concerned with a couple of these losses. You're up at halftime against Vinton County. You lose 50-21. to 21. They ran for almost four, 500 yards. And you look at a Marietta game. They lost in overtime. Very well could have won. They were up in the fourth quarter. They had gave up over 300 yards rushing in that game. I think teams, once they figure out that Athens can't stop the run, they don't stop doing it. And Athens is going to have to try to figure something out to slow that aspect of things down for sure. Um, and But they can score the ball on offense. Landon Wheatley has come in and played very well in his three games that he's gotten under his belt this year. And, you know, they've had some pretty good offensive performances. They went a little stagnant in the second half last week. I think Vinton County made some good adjustments. But, I mean, we still got to remember how young this Athens team is. They have over 20 freshmen on the roster, several of whom are making big contributions uh, on this team. So just give them time to grow. Uh, but, you know, the robbery game, they'll be fired up. You know, let's not forget they had that Vinton County team reeling a little bit. They were up nine points halfway through the second quarter. They could play some good football at times. Um, but they just got to be able to put it together four quarters. And Andrew, what what game do you have? Because I know you're you're probably calling something on Friday, right? Yeah, I've got West Ham and Philo, which on paper it seems like it should be a good game. Name wise, it would not traditionally sound like a good game, and I still think that Philo will roll West Ham. Yeah, I, I wish we could have seen Athens and Philo with with Athens having a quarterback. It would have been a, I think, a much more interesting matchup. Yeah, probably. We appreciate you listening to the Sports Fan today, 970, 97.1 FM, online at 970WATH.com. Big thanks to Russ Helpman for calling in, talking about the Bengals. For Joe Medor and Andrew Allison, I'm Connor Mills signing off. Cincinnati Reds, come back your way tomorrow at 6.05. And then football on Friday. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H.